0: Oh.
1: These, are, these here are crazy time. Rooster Mars, onion bloody skin, are you on some mind-altering substance, Kingy? Some would suggest that. It's a banger of a tune. Thank you to Spark for putting it in my head. And we had a lot of votes saying onion skin, cracking tune. Speaking of votes, we put this up on our Twitter poll. On the back of Chuck's suggestion last hour, should Australia rest one of their fast bowlers during the West Indies series in order to debut Lance Morris? Well, at last report it was about seventy four twenty six, something like that. It's come back now. No, jumped to forty one point four. Yes, fifty eight point six. And at Matty White SCN, if you're on Twitter slash X, at Matty White SCN, comment too on our Twitter page. It says, JK, the fact that after 18 votes, this is currently a yes vote, says a lot about Australian sport at the moment. Resting a player to give a player a go, no, you have to earn the spot. Be better than the person ahead of you, not get it as a handout. We've had a few more than 18 votes as well, but it has certainly got tongues wagging, this selection debate, when it comes to rest. Would you rest somebody like a Mitchell Stark to debut Lance Morris? Oh, it's only the West Indies, good time to get him in. The point I made to Chuck, so what if Lance Morris cleans up, gets, say, 18 wickets across two tests... Then how do you get Stark back into the side? You still, this time, tell Josh Hazelwood, because you can't touch Cummins, he's the captain. So, oh, sorry, Josh, your turn to rest, Josh. Wait well, a minute. I've got three wickets and over at Sydney to help win the Test match against Pakistan. You're dumping me? His time will come. His time will come. Final hour of the program in SEN Summer Mornings with Julian King. We'll catch up the Grace Guild from the 10 Network to talk all things football shortly on the show. And we'll get back to your texts in a moment. The open line we go, 1300, one 300 1170 G'day, Nicholas. Hi mate,
2: love oh, the shoulder, mate. Mate, just a quick Thank one. You. The top ten, the top ten, um, test match batters of all time,
1: mm.
2: uh, have one thing in common. You, do you know that one? Talent. They're all under six foot. Callus is the anomaly, and he's the best cricketer. Catches more, bowls a whole lot. He bats at yeah. six five four. Doesn't open the bat. He can't be a big. You know, string bean, big rig. I, I I, rate him. I rate green, but you can't open with him because he'll get filled in. A new rock, straight at your chin, mate, it's all over. Yeah, know? but they're not going so to open with him, you, you...
1: though. They're going to well, open with Well, that's the what I'm saying. It
2: shouldn't right. be in the race. Yeah. It shouldn't be in the race. Yeah, well, I mean, be the the, that's...
1: Though, I think that... You, you're right, Nicholas. I think it was a, a bit of a concern when it came to green. They don't want him starting, you know, with his long limbs and the rest of it. And really ease him in at the test side. Who knows what's going to happen down the track? Just the top 10 run scorers: is Tendulka, Ponting... Callis, Dravid, Cook, Sangakara, Lara, Chanderpool, Jai Wardner, Root. There you go. You're right. They're all under six foot, aren't they? Very poor. And then outside of that, you have got Border War. Sardar was about four foot nothing. Eunice Khan, Smith, Damler, Gray, Smith, Gooch, and Gray Smith is tall. But yeah, I'll get your point. Get your point. Thank you for your call. One Jules, regarding Lance Morris waiting in the wings, how long did the great Glenn McGrath wait? To play Tess, or maybe was 12th man for quite a while. I don't recall specifically, Gary, but thank you. And who said Test match cricket was dead? Plenty of passion displayed to today. Sorry, it's a baggy green. No freebie, says the big G. Two matches in Sheffield Shield are for blooding new talent. So I direct you as well to our Twitter page at MattyWhiteSEN. Should Australia rest one of their quicks to debut Lance Morris for the West Indies series? And keep the text coming in 0457 736 736. Just before we get to Grace Gill, uh, Channel 10 Paramount Football commentator, uh, George Bailey has confirmed that Cam Green is in the 11 and Matt Renshaw is in that squad. So just to confirm, as all reports have pointed to, Steve Smith... Obviously it looks like he's gonna open Cam Green in the eleven and Matt Renshaw in that squad. Time to talk football on the programme. Let's get to Grace Gill from Channel ten. She's on the line right now. Morning,
0: Grace. Morning, guys. Good to have a chat.
1: Uh, great to have you. Isn't it funny the last couple of days when the news broke about Sam Kerr and the ACL are all devastated and then now you know, can she play? Could we get her back on the side? Maybe to take penalties? Is there a revolutionary way to, to treat <laughs> knees? Can we get Lars? Can we do this, you know, this brace there? And it's it's all got a bit sort of haywire, hasn't it? But it has been the talk of the Australian sporting world. I mean, we've got to have ourselves a reality check here, don't we, Grace? We've got to move beyond now, surely, the talk of Sam Kerr returning for Paris.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, first and foremost, it's devastating news for Sam and personally for her. We know, well, with the World Cup here just a few months ago, how hard a time she had in, in even being able to play any minutes with that calf injury. So to then turn around, get back to fitness and, and have the dreaded ACL be upon her with the Olympics just six and a bit months away, yeah, I really think what needs to be paramount in in the conversation is her health and well-being and to try and yeah. rush back an ACL recovery in that kind of time frame um, seems a, a bit silly, um, but obviously it's absolutely devastating news for Sam and for the Matildas and for for football fans really worldwide.
1: True. and we've got a glimpse of what life is like without Sam. Certainly for the early parts of the World Cup last year, you know she was on the sideline with that that calf injury. And, you know, obviously you said that wonderful goal against England, but we didn't miss too much of a beat and she's irreplaceable. But in terms of replacements, you know, who are we looking at? You know, Mary Fowler, Van Eggman, Caitlin Ford, you know, any plays in the A-League women's that could maybe step up and fill the void?
0: Yeah, well, you're exactly right. We saw sort of a few different variations with Sam not in the mix, and one of those was Mary Fowler moving up into that sort of more central striking position. Obviously, Sam is irreplaceable. Nothing can sort of put, be put in place to what she produces um, in terms of a striker. But Van Egmond is obviously an experienced um, character who did really well at the World Cup too. Uh, here in the Liberty A League, of course, we've got the likes of Courtney Vine, who is the Matilda, but she's in, uh, playing in Sydney FC, so she'll be an obvious one in contention for the final eighteen of um, the Paris Olympics, and that's what we've got to remember as well, is that it's an 18-person squad as opposed to the 23 that we see in the World Cups. Yeah. But two, they've got to qualify first, and there's a couple of games uh, against Uzbekistan in February, so they're the most important ones, first and foremost, um, and then I guess Tony Gustafson and the, the coaching staff can look to finalising that 18-person squad.
1: It's a good point. It's funny, isn't it? We hopped on the bandwagon, which... Important not to get ahead of ourselves, but what was wonderful is how quickly that, that game in particular, I think it's at Marvel Stadium, sold out in, in 24 hours. To um, the men's side of the equation, Grace, Socceroos, Asian Cup campaign, begins Saturday out against India, uh, kick-off at 10.30pm yep. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. They've got Syria, Uzbekistan in the group as well. It's interesting, isn't it, that they're almost bracing for themselves against a... You know, big, strong defensive units sort of park the bus, not really there to play football, mm. but more to sort of stem the tide. You know, how did the Socceroos kind of, I guess, broach that expectation? And also, what what is a pass mark, do you think, for Graham Arnold's squad?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, Well, first and foremost, that's why the Socceroos had that uh, friendly game against Bahrain um, in the last seven days, and we saw exactly like you've just explained then, a deep line defensive block, heaps of numbers behind the ball, and the Socceroos really struggled to break that down, and that really comes to things like ball speed, moving it quickly, um, being different and and not just one-dimensional and how you look to attack, and eventually they they broke through with Bahrain, but I think that was an important warm-up for exactly what I think the Socceroos will face in the Asian cup in terms of a path mark it should be the kind of tournament that we're, we're coming very close to winning and that's to take nothing away from the competition that is there but the socceroos with the quality they have um, i think they should be setting expectations high and especially after their success in their world cup year before last um, they should be setting their benchmark pretty high going into this
1: yeah well it's interesting isn't it so If everyone wins their group as expected, Socceroos, I think, are going to meet Saudi Arabia in the quarters, Japan in the semis, and maybe one of Qatar, South Korea, or Iran in a potential final. The other thing I want to get your thoughts on too, Grace, um, You know, we've seen Arnie debut a few players and trial a few different players. uh, Is there anyone that you think is is worth keeping an eye on that you think could really give this Asian Cup campaign a shake and and put their best foot forward and, and put their name in lights?
0: Yeah, there's some really good um, young names coming through, which I've been enjoying seeing. I don't think he did as much as I would have liked to see, but um, Sammy Silvera, who we know mm. was prolific here in the A-League and has now gone abroad, he had a quiet game against Bahrain, but I think he's a real talent. Um, and, of course, then there's the usual suspects we know in Harry Sutar at the back. That these aren't people that are, are unknowns, But some of the young guys coming through, definitely Sammy Silvera, in my mind, would be one uh, to keep an eye on as well. Cassini Yengi, um, he's a real talent. Um, and then there's the the players as well, who perhaps a little bit more on the fringes, Paddy Yazbek, uh, Miller, uh, very new to the Socceroos senior team squad, but I'd love to see him get a bit of game time and what they can do on the international stage.
1: Mm, no doubt Sammy Silvera is keeping a close eye on, on Central Coast Mariners. Uh, they were, well, they defeated the Wanderers, didn't they, at Combank Stadium. You know, the Wanderers have been impressive this season, but this is a Mariners side that, you know, had a really slow start in City FC to a degree. You know, Sydney FC won three straight games and then Central Coast already sort of, you know, just hitting their straps as well.
0: Yeah, they had a really slow start, the Central Coast, didn't they? But um, coming into this weekend, well, they come up against Melbourne Victory and Melbourne Victory, in terms of turning around a season, well, compare them uh, from last year and incredible. they are flying at the moment. So that that's going to be a huge game this Saturday night. Central Coast Mariners, Melbourne Victory, as is too Western Sydney Wanderers up against Melbourne City. This is obviously all part of Unite Round. Um, in New South Wales, all the games taking place across Sydney, New South Wales, Allianz Stadium, Combank, Leichhardt, um, and this is across both the men's and the women's. So there's some really good matchups that have fallen well, quite, quite well across your night Round that I'm, I'm so excited to get out and see.
1: Interesting watch too on Brisbane Raw. First game under new coach Ben Khan. You know, they lost We see They played some pretty good football in the first part and then they had that, well, that horror loss to Melbourne City. I think it was conceded eight goals. So, mm. you know, this is always disruptive, but it's, it's sort of part and parcel too, isn't it, Grace, of, of the status of the A-League, uh, not just for players, but for coaches as well.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, well, I think I heard a stat the other day that Brisbane Raw in the last, gosh, however many months have had five different coaches. So between, wow. between, yeah, Ross Aloisi, interim coaches, Ben Kahn. Khan coming in um, it is so disruptive and it uh, it's tough for the playing group as a player you want a little bit of continuity and consistency and they've had everything but that um, so it's a difficult day, situation for the guys to do to be in but from all accounts Ben Khan is a really quality coach he's done really well down in Melbourne NPL uh, in Victoria um, but for what, what he can now bring to Brisbane Roar and hopefully solidify sort of their season going into the second half of it is going to be huge and although they still didn't get the result against Sydney last weekend in his first hit-out. Um, there's some signs, and, and you hope that with some more time with his feet under the desk that they can do exactly that and start to turn the tide in their favour.
1: Yep, you mentioned your night round. That is coming up this weekend. So all the games played in Sydney, Allianz Stadium, Combank Stadium and Leichhardt Oval. If you want to check it out, get your tickets at aleagues.com.au. I think this is a much better initiative than having all the grand finals of the A-League in Sydney. Grace.
0: I agree. Look, I can't disagree with that at all. Um, It's fantastic. And, you know, if the crowds do get down in in numbers that we hope to see, it it could be a really... Really awesome event, really. I think a place like Leichhardt Oval, sort of a smaller, more boutique stadium, all the action kicks off on Friday night in the A-League Women's Um, Melbourne victory play Perth Glory, and that's a huge game. So really looking forward to seeing some numbers get behind the girls. And as well, you know, these these girls who don't normally get to New South Wales, whether it be Matilda's players, um, there's an opportunity for for New South Wales fans to go and see some of these pretty quality teams um, right Right. on their doorstep. So it should be a, a great initiative.
1: Correct. And it's a good one to get the kids out too, as well. So you see the women and the men in action for Unite Round coming up this weekend. Grace Gill, always good to get your thoughts. Thank you so much for your time at the program this morning.
0: Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it.
1: And there she is. Grace Gill, a former footballer, now commentator with Channel 10 and Parabout. 0457 736, 736 Hef is not a fan of a soccer football at like the Olympics, Snore shouldn't be there. It is the global game, Hef. I understand that, you know, you can make the case that maybe breakdancing shouldn't be there, maybe golf shouldn't be there, maybe tennis shouldn't be there. I don't see how the biggest sport on the planet doesn't feature at the Olympic Games. Yeah, you know, City of South is 40. It's higher, faster, stronger. It's how fast you can run and throw stuff and chuck stuff. I get all that. But I think for mainstream sports... And, you know, the argument was, if the gold medal is not the pinnacle in your sport, then it shouldn't be the Olympics. And by and large, I generally go along... Without motor thinking. But I'll make an exception when it comes to sports like soccer football because it is the world game. It need to keep attracting eyeballs to screens for the Olympic Games. Thank you very much. Let's go to the open line 1300 01 1170.
2: G'day, James. Hey, Jules. A um, couple of things. Um, well, first of all, we've got India and uh, the Palms coming up in a year's time or so. They're the big ones.
1: A home series, um, yeah. How
2: good is Lance Morris? It's,
1: it's pretty good. Weekend.
2: Is he against well, the Shield players now? Could the West Indies beat the Shield team? I think so. You reckon? So all we're going you reckon?
1: On... Okay, uh, hang on, hang on, Jay. Do you reckon the West Indies would beat a full strength West Australian side? I don't think no, so. No, the
2: side they've got now. Does Lance Morris bowl against a full strength other state side? No, because all the national players are all out playing international games. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm just saying. If he doesn't play now against the West Indies. We see how good he actually is against a bit better players. And have All that right. experience. Sorry. So when he comes in against, he's got a bit more experience. So when we play India, he's not against their top bowl batsmen and getting trounced.
1: I'll We've run through. This is more experience. this is the WA team when they played Queensland at the back end of November. Cameron Bancroft, Sam Whiteman, Jaden Goodwin, Cameron Green, Hilton Cartwright. Then you had, like, Jai Richardson, Rocachelli. Oh, that's a pretty decent side. I'm not convinced that they wouldn't beat
2: they wouldn't beat the West Lance Indies. Queens, Queensland. In fight,
1: Just very quickly, Queensland right. in that match had Renshaw Burns, Labashane Kawaja, uh, Jack Clayton, Jimmy Peason, Michael Neeson, Jack Wildermuth, Garinda Sandy, Mark Steckity. Decent decent cricket side.
2: How'd he go on that game?
1: That was a draw. Oh, how did who go, sorry?
2: Morris go on that game. He didn't play against Kawaja and Hey.
1: No, he was in the Aussie squad.
2: Yeah, he was I in think the Aussie squad at the that time. That's the thing. We we he hasn't had that. You know, it's like saying, "How do you give someone? Oh, I want to employ someone who's got experience. How do they get experience if you don't give them a job?
1: He's All got right, to so have New South
2: experience. And
1: WA, New South Wales. thirty four. Yeah. You know, these older
2: players have to realise that they've got to sacrifice a bit for the long-term future of the game and the team.
1: But they shouldn't have to make that call. Why would you? I mean, if you're on a contract and you get match payments and you're still competing at the highest level, why would anyone in their right mind say, you know what, I'm going to step aside for a younger bloke when you feel you've got plenty to offer? No No one's going to do that, and nor should they, James. Well, eventually, when they have to make that call, they they will. Yeah, but they'll make that call when they have to, James. But they're not ready to make that call with Mitchell Stark. I mean, it's look like, at what he did, yeah, okay, that first ball, Pakistan's second goals. innings. That's what he still offers, Mitchell Stark. You're not dumping him.
2: Yeah, no, you're not. Um, but what I'm saying, is, didn't also, in the previous class, they say, oh, we're going to have a rotation policy?
1: Well, you know, the different administrations, uh, that load management, you know, they did that, particularly 2019, Ashes in England, but oh, I'm not a fan of it you know if they're willing to play and, and it's different no, now I culturally under like Andrew McDonald and Pat Cummins they talk about managing your own load owning your own space remember Kawaja was complaining about Justin Langer's methods in the nets oh you can't run you've got to face all these boards no no that's not the best approach or the best training method or preparation for me so now they're sort of more tailored yeah. to the individual for example and it might sustain their careers James or yeah, I mean, careers, well, you look at Kawaja,
2: he was dropped, and he was out of the team from that, and then he just popped back in, and and now everyone's probably saying, "Oh, gee, so you shouldn't have been dropped." Have been well, well, no, I think
1: I think he probably deserved to be dropped, Kawaja. I thought his test career was over. but let's not forget, so Kawaja only came into the side in that Sydney test because Travis had had COVID. Scores a hundred, hasn't been dropped since. So the point I make is that you're not about yeah. to say to Mitchell Stark, you know, i just have a rest, son. And then what if Lance Morris comes in, takes the opportunity with both hands, and then all of a sudden Stark finds himself in the outer? There's no way any player's going to sacrifice their position for the greater good of the game. They'll leave that decision to the others.
2: Yeah, well, didn't Marsh, he, he's grabbed it with both hands? Yep. His opportunity, all right, admittedly it came through an injury or whatever. But Green beforehand wasn't scoring many runs was uh, No, midway. well, Green,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, look, Green was sort of slightly injured, but he wasn't performing particularly well. And Marsh came and took his opportunity. James, good to get your thoughts as always, mate. I've got to fly.
2: Come on. Catch your run, mate. Cheers.
1: 1300 01 1170. Summer mornings.